Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothfarb. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. It's a Monday night, which means it must be Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D. Las Vegas Hotel and Casino, right in downtown Las Vegas. Scott Strandy joining you from a very warm Phoenix, Arizona, actually Scottsdale, Arizona right now. And my co-host, Rob Rothfarb, joining me from that beautiful Southern California destination. Uh, Rob, go ahead. Bust my chops again. It's it's only 72 degrees oh, here. Shush. That's all. Shush. <laughs> Rob, it was 55 inside Gila River Arena today. Does that help? <laughs> well, well if, you, if you average it, you probably would. <laughs> so, so, Rob, here's where I've been in the last uh, week. Uh, I left last Wednesday morning, went to Minneapolis, um, did NCHC Media Day inside of the XL Energy Center, didn't need a jacket. Uh, I went Friday over to uh, the NAHL um, Jamboree Showcase at uh, the Super Rinks, all eight rinks at the Schwann Super Rink slash National Sports Center. Didn't need a jacket. I get back to Arizona Saturday night. Yesterday, I went over to the Ice Den Scottsdale. Needed a jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Today, I went to Gila River Arena. Needed a jacket. So what's wrong with this picture is what I want to know. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I got to ask, how's your grandson? Uh, he's doing wonderful. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. It's, it's hard to go there and see him just for a couple of days, but Grandpa did his best to uh, to break some bad habits into the situation. I taught him how to eat donuts. <laughs> Grandpa brought a dozen donuts in every every day. Uh, Mom and Dad probably aren't too happy about that, but I thought, what the heck, I, I got to try something, so. He wants to have coffee and donuts with grandpa now. Exactly. That's, that's, you know what? You got to leave your mark. <laughs> I left my mark. All right. Uh, so anyway, I get back here. Uh, six teams in town for the Arizona rookie face-off tournament. Um, two from LA, the Ducks and the Kings. One from Northern California and the Sharks. One from Colorado. One from Vegas. And one from Arizona. And, uh, we're going to get into it tonight. We got Seth Askelson, our uh, Coyotes beat reporter, joining us in about 15 minutes or so. And then Stephen Marsh, who just got back to Las Vegas, 
is going to join us at the top of the hour at about seven o'clock uh, Pacific time, seven, eight o'clock uh, mountain. And uh, we will break down what they saw. I can tell you what I saw, Rob. And um, as you would expect, the, the teams with the better records, the Vegases, the Colorados, uh, who picked at the end of each round and, and got quality talent, but didn't get the, the doorbusters, if you will, right. like what Arizona, the Kings, the Ducks, even the Sharks got. So you can see that. And the first time out for these guys, these rookies, um, there were some guys taking advantage of it. Trevor Zegers was just unbelievable. Sasha, Sasha Postevev. Right from the uh, U.S. National Team Development Program, hat trick for the Ducks, his first uh, first game. So, uh, so that's kind of what I saw and what I kind of expected. And I don't know what you saw from your perspective. You didn't see anything, <laughs> but but what what did you think, or what would you expect that would uh, that would bring? Well, what I did do was uh, I I was reading up on it, especially the Southern California teams, the Kings and the Ducks. Uh, but one thing that the rookie tournament did bring out was goals. It seemed like there were a lot of goals. Uh, from what I was gathering, Alex Lamogos, I can't pronounce his last name, he also stood out, from what I understand, uh, in the rookie tournament as well. Yeah, Lamogos. Yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he was uh, really, really good. And, and today um, we saw a fight. Uh, <laughs> we saw a Vegas Golden Knight, uh, Mason Primo, take one to the uh, chops after the referees had him locked yeah, I up. Saw that. And, uh, I saw yeah, that highlight. That, that that's did not, not make the uh, yourself. <laughs> the the Golden Knights uh, ownership and uh, GMs and and that group was not very happy with that because both of them were tied up by referees and one got his hand free and gave him a good left hook a right yes. hook right to the jaw. Um, what it looked like it was a uh, the one who, who uh, Primo was fighting looked a little frustrated because Primo just all he did was hold on to him and he, and he could not get out of the grasp. And I think well, the only time he was out of the grasp is when the two officials were in between, and so he decided to take a sucker punch. Yeah, well, he delivered. <laughs> <laughs> and Mason Primo is six five and a half, yeah. So he's a big boy, and McNally uh, is not that size. And uh, yeah, it was a little frustration there, and um, so I saw that before I went over to Gila River and then watched the entire game between the Coyotes and the the Ducks today, and. Um, the Ducks win it with 1.7 ticks left on the clock. It was back and forth. It was a power play extravaganza. Um, Seth and I were joking in the press box. We were saying, I don't know if there's been 20 minutes of even strength hockey uh, throughout the whole game. It might have been either shorthanded or power play for one team or the other. The entire game. It was unbelievable. Well, the Ducks a uh, couple of times came back in the last minute to tie the scores or, or take the lead. Uh, against the Avalanche, they ended up losing in overtime, but they came back with two goals in the last uh, minute and a half to tie that game up late. Uh, so the Ducks have shown some resolve coming back in games late. Not only resolve, but there's talent on that roster. Trevor Zegers was here and played a game or two. Uh, Jamie Drysdale played a game or two. They did not play today, but um, like I said, Sasha, Sasha Paschevev, um, who uh, passed up, going to college at uh, Notre Dame to sign his contract and uh, play with the Ducks or Anaheim or, or uh, I'm sorry, or San Diego, wherever he ends up. Um, so anyway, he's, he's going to be uh, here unless he ends up going to a junior team somewhere. But so that was, uh, that was kind of fun. And uh, of course the Kings and, and Quentin Byfield, he was a standout as always. And, and like I said, with uh, Colorado and, and, um, Vegas, their their guys are 
Seth called them older, um, or I mean, I'm sorry, Tom called them older um, rookies, and and it showed they were much more poised, um, but they didn't have the firepower and the energy that you saw those young, talented guys having. That's going to change when when things get rolling for real on the 22nd. The, that open ice time that the, they experienced today will uh, shrink quickly when the big boys get out there. That that's very true. Well, uh, for the Kings, I I, I heard. Besides Turcotte, uh, I heard he was pretty good uh, in the last two games, I believe. Uh, Kupari uh, showed a little bit. Uh, but the Kings, they, they do. They have some top-end talent, and it's going to be really interesting to see which, ki- which kids go to Ontario and which kids make the team or the big club. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It all starts for real on the 22nd. That's when the uh, NHL camps open, so just uh, two days from now, less than two days from now. Um, they'll go through physicals today, some teams and, and, uh, things tomorrow, and then, uh, they'll jump on the ice on, on Wednesday. So looking forward to see what, what transpires from that point. But uh, the, probably the best thing, Rob, was that, um, the, the guys were back on the ice and, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of mask wearing unless you were near the players. Um, so maybe we're getting back to what I'm calling this new normal. I don't know if we'll ever see normal again, as we knew it pre-pandemic but uh, this new normal is at least something that you can grasp onto and 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 see some um a little bit of normalcy well as long as they allow fans in the stands and they allow media in the events uh i'm hoping that that i get a chance to get out to uh ontario on the 26th to see the kings versus the kings uh i think that'd be a lot of fun to see and just and get a good feel for uh, Ontario's team and, and the LA team, uh, LA Kings team come moving forward. Yeah, I think, you know, the teams in the Pacific Division and uh, in both AHL and NHL are going to be really exciting this year. I know a lot of people are saying um, Pacific Division is the weak, weak division, but uh, I don't know. I think by the end of the, the, end of the season in uh, spring of 2022, um, it's going to be a lot tighter race than people think because what, what, Anaheim and L.A. need, and even San Jose, they just need some ice time. They need some game time and game time experience. And with that um, comes the experience to win, right? You learn how to win by being in tight, close games. And as you said, uh, the Ducks found a way to do it a couple times this weekend. Well, it's going to be interesting to see which team in Southern California really steps forward with their young kids and, and their kids take grasp and show that they're ready for the next level. Uh, and who, which ones don't and which ones stay at the AHL level. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. I think the Kings and Ducks for years will have a really good uh, continue their rivalry because they have so many kids uh, coming up around the same time. So their, their youth, unless they one team goes for a splurge and free agency, their youth trajectory is kind of on the same path. Yeah, and, you know, one of the teams that, that surprised me, Rob, out of these six were the Arizona Coyotes. That uh, that group of, of kids, I I asked uh, Seth and Tom and anybody who was around me. I said, "Do you think the uh, confidence and s- success that that team was playing with these three days um, carries over to the locker room when they get in there with the big boys on the twenty second? Because the Coyotes <laughs> to say it's an overhaul is an understatement. Um, you, you're going to need. And we were walking through the arena today, and we were seeing all the banners." Uh, wall uh, hangings, pictures, you name it, things that are up in that arena. And um, a good majority of them are going to have to be removed because none of those players are here anymore. <laughs> well, 
uh, one of the teams that was there this weekend had the, the uh, in the Arizona Coyotes have the best chance to have some of these kids that were on that ice really making the big club because if they have any kids that show, it's a cost-cutting save for the Coyotes. So they're better off you know, taking a kid on an entry-level contract than a multi-year contract uh, for millions of dollars. And they have nothing to lose, those kids, this year because exactly. the expe- expectations are going to be so low that there is nothing for them to uh, do but shine. And uh, a couple of them, and I'm not going to steal the thunder of uh, Seth Askelson until he comes on because Seth will go over some of the players that really stood out. But um, the one thing that, that I was a little surprised with, and I don't know if I should be or not, but I wasn't real impressed with anybody's goaltending. And, and maybe that's just the way it is at rookie camp. It's, it's been a couple of years since I've been to a rookie tournament, so I don't know. But it just seemed like the, the goaltenders just didn't really stand out to me. Maybe the Vegas goaltenders were, were fairly good, but – um, and we'll ask uh, Steven about that when he comes on, but that was uh, something that didn't really jump out at me. Well, it's also kind of unfair uh, for the goalies. A lot of times they're left out to dry because everybody's thinking offense and defense is not really a big uh, factor in these type of rookie camps because it's, it's a tournament to trying to show what they can do. And I know defense is part of the game, but that's what the goaltender's save percentage is supposed to be about. They save the guys up front. From uh, you know, not ba- not back checking and whatnot, and just trying to save it for all for the offensive end, and that's usually where the goalie. It's like uh, the old the old uh, like the Phoenix Roadrunners and stuff of the old AHL, where it used to be shootouts every night. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the goaltenders will will improve as camp goes on. I think they're a little um, slow starting, if you will, because uh, they just haven't had enough work, and then all of a sudden they get thrown into a workload of a tournament. Uh, scenario like this so all in all though I thought it was very well done I was a little worried about the Coyotes uh, having people shuttle from uh, Scottsdale to Glendale but uh, all in all it seemed to work out pretty well uh, we had a great opportunity to record a nice show uh, after the uh, the last game today and kind of recap everything that happened so we'll have that up on the website uh, as soon as we get everything produced on it but um, all in all a good event. All in all, great to be back and be uh, in a real press conference again where you could be up close to the players and participants, whether it be coaches or players, and uh, and see their expressions. Because that's what I miss the most, Rob, is uh, when you can't see a person's expression face-to-face right. or body language, you just don't know what you're getting. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's going to be great to be back at the arenas and, and see, uh, you know, look at the bench and, and see the coaches uh, without the mask and be able to see, hear and see what they're saying and read lips and, you know, know that when they're unhappy or, uh, you know, visibly up, unhappy uh, with something. So it's, it's going to be uh, back to, like you said, the new normal. Uh, and hopefully we can continue it and have a, uh, a season that doesn't get interrupted by anything but the Olympics. Absolutely. Okay, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's bring on Seth Askelson, uh, our Coyotes beat reporter, and ask him uh, exactly what he's seeing. We'll be back in about two minutes. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at circusports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at circusports.com. 
any hockey player in the desert southwest. And they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. If you live in the valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. This indeed is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Hotel Las Vegas Resort Casino. Everything that you want in downtown Las Vegas. We are pleased to have the D on board with us. Scott Serendi in Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, Rob Rothfarb, out in beautiful Southern California. And our pleasure to bring on the uh, the man, the guy who covers our Arizona Coyotes for us, our own beat reporter, Seth Askelson. Seth, we had you on a couple of weeks ago. We loved you so much, we had to bring you back again. Uh, you had some great uh, stuff that you saw this weekend. And let's jump in right there. Tell us what you saw from the Arizona Coyote rookies. Yeah, I think you saw a group that is promising, right? I think that's what, you know, these tournaments are, you know, you're supposed to come away saying, oh, this group is promising, right? And I know um, when you and I had talked back at the arena earlier this afternoon, um, you know, you talked about how Colorado and Vegas, you know, their rookies and their prospect teams might not look as impressive because they're drafting so late and, and at certain times, right? Not as often just because they're trading their picks away for players that are going to help them in the near future, or, you know, to, to win now. So I think it would have been a little concerning if the Coyotes didn't look good, right? And, and that goes for the same teams in a similar situation, the Kings, the Sharks, the Ducks. Um, but I thought the Coyotes looked good. I think there was a couple of players that looked exceptionally well. I mean, Dylan Gunther obviously showed off his shot, had three goals. Um, ben McCartney was excellent all weekend long. Um, Mat- Matthias Maselli was awesome as well. Um, I thought Cam Crotty had a pretty good game today and, and a pretty decent prospect camp, a guy that will probably see a lot of time in Tucson this year. So um, just a lot of good players and, and guys, I think, that are where they, they need to be in terms of their development. Um, and, again, if if they looked bad or they looked concerning, right, if Dylan Gunther looked a little behind or 
you know, a guy like Cam Crotty who, you know, played NCAA hockey or, or Ben McCartney who went back to um, the Amer- or back to the WHL and had played four games in the American Hockey League last season. Um, it would have been concerning, but uh, I think a pretty good weekend and a pretty promising weekend overall. Now, uh, did you see anybody on the ice this weekend that either one will be a stud in the AHL or even make a run at making the big club? Um, I mean, I think Dylan Gunther has a really good opportunity to make this club full-time just based on the situation they're in right now, right? I mean, they got rid of a lot of their forwards and a lot of their, you know, key players. And, you know, I think, again, like we talked about when I was on a couple weeks ago, I think at a certain point, depending on where the Coyotes are, they're going to trade away, you know, some players, guys that could go help a a cup team, right? Like a Jay Beagle, if Louis Erickson is able to find his groove a little bit more, he could be a good bottom six guy um, for a cup contending team. So I think Gunther will play nine games in the National Hockey League, something similar to what they did with Barrett Hayden, where, you know, they kept him up to practice, maybe get in a couple games, and then if they feel like they need to send him back, they will. I don't know if they'll rush him, but again, there's no pressure either this year, right? I think in years past, especially with a guy like Barrett Hayden, you didn't want to put him in situations where, you know, you were expected to win, right? The Coyotes thought they were a playoff team and the way their roster was constructed, it, it certainly felt like they should have been a playoff team for at least three consecutive years. Um, so with this team right now, I, I think for Gunther, there's just no pressure, right? You don't want to rush him. You don't want to rush his development, but if you're putting him in games, there's no pressure to, score a big game winner or, you know, push a team that's a middle of the pack playoff team into a contender. I think if he gets in, he can just kind of play a a free and loose style and whatever happens, the coaching staff and, you know, the the organization will be happy about what he produces at the NHL level. So uh, Gunther, I think Ben McCartney, um, I don't know if he'll make, I, I think he may make a run at the big squad later in the year. Again, once there's some trades that, that get sent out, um, but he's a full effort guy. Um, Jay Verity had said he plays with a big engine and you can see it. He's always battling. I, there was a moment uh, in Sunday night's game where he got sent into the boards pretty awkwardly. He went ankles first in, you know, and that's always dangerous when you have your blades going blades first into the boards and took him a second to get up, you know, understandably, but he got right up went to the face-off circle, took the face-off. You know, he, he drew a, pe- a penalty on that. Um, so the Coyotes went to the power play, and he won the face-off, and they went right to the front of the net and stood there for two minutes taking hacks and whacks from anybody in a Kings jersey. So it's a guy who has a lot of toughness, and, and all of a sudden, um, you know, for a guy with a seventh-round pick, you don't expect a ton of, you know, offensive upside. But when he gets the opportunity, McCartney doesn't miss. Seth, a, a lot of the action that we saw today, at least in the Coyotes-Ducks game, was uh, specialty teams. We saw a lot of power play practice. We saw a lot of uh, uh, penalty kill practice. Uh, and I don't know if it was intended that way or if it's just the way the referees called it or what in the world was going on. But what did you think of the specialty teams uh, for both sides? Um, I think – it's one of those things where you get enough opportunities, you're going to score, right? So it's, it's really hard to judge both teams' penalty kills when you go to the kill. I mean, it, I, you know, they weren't keeping official stats, so it was hard to tell, but it really felt like the teams were on the kill at least five times, six times, right? And eventually just they're going to go in. 
Um, I think we saw one or two even strength goals, five on five, that so full strength goals. Um, and that game ended, you know, four to three. So I think both teams played well. And again, it's one of those things where in a tournament like this, you know, you've had your development camp, you've had your rookie camp, but you're still not necessarily installing a ton of systems, right? It, you know, you kind of have a mix of coaching staffs between, you know, mostly your AHL staff, you might have one or two, you know, big club assistants there just to kind of help out. But, um, you know, I, I think it's with a power play at a certain point, it's just pretty vanilla. So I think there was some good pieces, right? You know, McCartney is standing in front, getting screens. I think Gunther, his ability to shoot the puck on the power play, that's something the Coyotes have really missed. It feels like for almost 20 years now, right? There's a lot of good puck movement out of the Coyotes. Just nobody wanted to take that last shot where Gunther, if he has the opportunity, he's just going to rip it. It doesn't matter if there's a better pass or somebody's more wide open. So um, I think that's what's exciting for the Coyotes is now they have a guy, whether he plays this year or next year, you know, down the road that, you know, they have that guy on the power play that's willing just to fire it no matter what. What was your biggest takeaway from as far as the uh, rookie tournament this weekend uh, on a whole? Um, I think the biggest takeaway is just how exciting um, a few of these teams look. And again, remember the Coyotes are now in the Central Division, so um, they won't get a chance to see the Sharks, the Kings, the Ducks as much as they used to. You know, they'll see the Avs a little bit more. Um, I think the Kings have the most interesting prospect pool um you know you, you got to see quentin byfield out there arthur kaliev i think is going to be really good that's a guy that slipped into the second round a couple drafts ago um a, a guy that a lot of people thought you know starting that draft year was going to be a top 15 pick maybe you know at, at the most late end of the first round but um i think he's one of those guys that um is going to be really good for the kings and um, I, I just – and another takeaway is, as a whole, just in the NHL, these are really good just to grow the game, right? I mean, you saw with the Coyotes, they were selling tickets. Um, all these games were televised. Obviously, the uh, different teams had their own, you know, whether it was their main broadcasters or in the Kings case, you know, with Josh Schaefer, their new AHL guy, um, you know. But it, it's a chance for hockey fans who, you know, really miss hockey and, and really won't, can't wait for it to get started. They get a taste of it a week early, two weeks early. And that's how you grow the game is you make it accessible. Um, the new deal with Turner Sports and with uh, ESPN is really going to make it more accessible because it's going to be a lot more streaming platforms. But just having that kind of takes it back to the grassroots hockey. Um, and again, it happens all over the NHL with these different tournaments across the league and these different showcases. So um, just the accessibility and a way to get people talking about hockey two, three weeks before camp opens, right? I think when the prospect camp opened up, they announced the, the schedule for the rookie face-off. And, uh, you know, people were excited to see a guy like Dylan Gunther. Um, they're excited to see Liam Kirk, how he's developed over the last, you know, couple of years back in England when he was playing in the professional league over there. Um, so I think that was another takeaway is just how excited people are and, and, it's a great way to grow the league, a league that I think has struggled really mightily over the last, you know, decade plus to try and grab, you know, not only new fans, but keep some of their older ones as well. 
Um, Seth, a couple of things that I saw across the board uh, this weekend was I saw a lot of poise, and I've been using that word a lot lately because even at the college level, um, and I don't know if this is a, a, a byproduct of social media or what it is, but it seems like the players are more and more poised, um, and I mean that on and off the ice. They, they handle themselves in big situations, whether it's a power play, and I know they were, uh, you know, for the most part exhibitions, but um, it, it, they just seem to be more poised. Is, is that me just not seeing hockey live uh, up close uh, for a little while, or did you see that as well? Well, I also think it's, you know, they're playing with guys similar age for the most part, um, similar talent level, right? So I think that makes you feel a little bit better. You know that um, these games don't, you know, you're obviously playing for a spot in main camp and in the main roster, but, you know, these games aren't going to, um, you know, these games aren't going to hurt you and, and they don't count towards anything. So I think the poise is, is there just because guys are a little more relaxed. Um but I also think it's on the coaching staffs to make these guys feel good. I, when you talk to the Coyotes all week long, you know, guys talk about, you know, I, I come in and, and I learn how to be a professional and, and what it takes to be a professional athlete every day and how to take care of your body and, and what, how to go to meetings and what to take away from meetings and how to listen to different coaches and seminars. And but I also think there's just an emphasis on, you know, it's not show up, practice every day, you know, play three games and then we'll tell you if you're coming to main camp or when to show up for AHL camp. Like that's, you know, these teams don't mess around and, and these teams are taking this like a real camp and, and giving the guys an opportunity to understand what it's like to be a professional because that stuff is important, right? When you get a guy, you know, like a, a Dylan Gunther, you know, McCartney, Liam Kirk, um, who, yeah, they may have played in, in different places that have a professional vibe, right? Like the WHL is a very well-run organized league, but it's not professional hockey. So you still get, you know, the practice and the meetings and, and that type, but it's just different at the NHL level and at the American Hockey League level. So um, I think that's that's a part, another part of it just because, you know, these coaches are, are so locked into making sure these guys, you know, not only know how to be a professional, but how to handle a lot of different situations that, you know, when they get on the ice, that it, it's not that big of a deal at the moment. I'm just I'm just gonna piggyback off of what Scott just asked, and I'm gonna bring it down to even the junior level, where you know the 18U kids they're they're playing in such big games so often that to get on this, this type of stage when they know the competition they're playing against, it just gives them a little bit more of a familiarity and a little bit of more of a just a you know an ease to into it because they can take a breath. They know who they're playing against. They know they've been in these situations before at early ages. Yeah, I think that – and there's an argument to be made with that where, you know, how young is too young to get them in that type of program, right? I mean, I think in the United States and in North America in general, you're seeing a lot of kids become one-sport athletes. And, and at what age, you know, do you understand, you know, hey, these guys are, um, you know, they're going to play hockey, they're going to focus on hockey. So I think sometimes – maybe understanding those moments and, and being in a program like that could come a little too early, but it's like you said, you know, being at the junior level, they, they experienced it. They've understood, you know, what it takes to come to the rink every day and, and how to handle yourself as a hockey player. And, you know, at times, and we, you know, we've seen with and, and 
heard the stories about the, you know, abuse and, and things like that in junior hockey, just kind of across North America. Um, that definitely brings into question, you know, where's that thin line, but it's like you said, um, they're in situations like this and they're playing guys who have also been in, in very similar situations. And um, I think that also takes the pressure off. Seth, if you want to stay on with us, we're going to take another quick break. We're going to bring Steven Marsh on to give us the Vegas insight. If you want to stay on, you're more than welcome to. If you need to need to run, we understand. We understand that you've done a great job this weekend. We appreciate everything. So you decide if you want to stay on and interject into the rest of the show, you're more than welcome. We'll be back in about two minutes. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? Sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sports books at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. This is the uh, live professional show that we do every Monday night, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, and Casino right in downtown Las Vegas on Fremont Street. And speaking of Las Vegas, let's go right there and visit uh, in with the guy that just got back home. Uh, after a weekend in uh, sunny Arizona, Stephen Marsh, Stephen, Scott, Rob, and I think we still got Seth with us tonight to uh, talk a little a- Arizona rookie face-off tournament. How are you? Well, I'm doing well, Scott. Yeah, I haven't seen you in quite some time. I think it's been a few hours now. <laughs> Left a wonderful uh, establishment that is Scottsdale and back in uh, Las Vegas, but uh, but yeah, it was a great weekend up there, and and it was a great little uh, tournament to showcase the hopefully is the future of the NHL, whether it be for the teams that they're representing right now or 
whether they end up somewhere else. But of course, the dream is to make it to the NHL, and hopefully for some of these guys, that will happen someday. Steven, did you see any scouts at all while you were here this weekend? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I saw maybe one or two. Um, I saw some general buildings managers. Full? I saw one or two buildings full. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, rinks full, rinks full of uh, scouts. Rinks, both <laughs> rinks at uh, Ice Den Scottsdale, and I think at Gila River as well. The one game I was there for the Golden Knights game, they had some some scouts there, but they certainly were in the building at the Ice Den. Yes, <laughs> they were. Also, some general managers and some some NHL coaches for some of the teams. I saw the Kings coach Todd McClellan with this morning with the Kings. Of course, Pete DeBoer and his staff was checking out the Golden Knights rookies. So. Yeah, it was a it was a big uh, big hangout for all those guys, and this is kind of like their Super Bowl. But you know, this is you know they go out and draft these players, and they bring them in or draft them or bring them into their team and, and and just sign them to free agents, and and this is their thing. This is their chance to show off and and uh, see what how much they've progressed. Or and for some of these guys, for some of these teams, and for some of these players, it's the first time that these GMs and these scouts have probably seen these people in person because of the COVID and everything, and not being able to to see a lot of these guys in person. So. I think that made it even more more impactful in that regard. So, Stephen, who for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, rookie team were you excited to see, and who lived up to expectations this weekend? Well, I think going into the rookie camp, I think the the big storyline one of them was Peyton Krebs. Obviously, he he got on the NHL team a little bit last year, had a great you know had started the season in Henderson. Got of course when the the um, Junior season up in Canada, went back. He got went back and played there, but then he came and played a little bit in the playoffs until he had that that jaw injury and had to miss the rest of the season. So I think going into camp, you know, that the Golden Knights are really high on on Peyton Krebs um, and his potential, and so I think that was certainly one of the the, the things to watch going into rookie camp. And I, I think he he performed uh, pretty well. I mean, he he was certainly in in a lot of plays and and certainly was asserting himself. I think he. He was wearing an A on on one of the games, or maybe the whole weekend, I, 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 if I recall correctly. And and so he was certainly someone that was leading the the team. So he would be one for sure. Um, I think another one would be um, well, I've, you know, following the Silver Knights last year. So a lot of these guys that were in Henderson last year was was excited to see them, like uh, like Pavel Dorofeyev and uh, Jack Dugan was another one I was intrigued to to see and to see more how much he's, he's progressed uh, in, in the summer. One of the things we found out with Jack Dugan going into um, training camp and, and the, the Silver Knights coaches, coaching staff, uh, who was running the, the team, of course, this weekend, one of the things they were they were shouting at him on the bench in, in the second game to shoot. They were, that was one of the things they, they harped on him. He needs to shoot the puck more. He's a great passer. He gets a lot of assists. He gets on the score sheet but doesn't get a lot of goals. That was one thing that they – and Manny Vivero said he has a good – good shot he just needs to be able to to take it more and uh, so that was one thing it happened in uh, the second game they he had the puck they were on a power play i think they said shoot 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 and they, and they and he did and he scored the goal and the bench kind of goes crazy so that was that was fun to see so uh, that'll be a guy that be exciting to see what he he can do he's somebody that's been in the golden knights organization now for uh for a few years since the first draft and it's just to kind of see where where he can he can progress obviously he had a great college career obviously but but now he's trying to really establish himself in it, at this level or try to get to the NHL level and, and certainly at the AHL level, which like I said, he had a pretty good season last year with Henderson, and certainly he'll be in the mix again this season. So those are a couple that stuck out right off the top. Steven, you know, um, it's no secret the Golden Knights are always looking, it seems, for uh, 
for a big centerman, uh, whether it be a top six or bottom six, but somebody that can make a difference. They tried Cody Glass. They tried Peyton Krebs for a little while. Uh, I mentioned to you the other day. I said um, uh, Mason Primo is built six foot five and a half. Um, he's a big centerman, long reach. Uh, seems to skate pretty well. Um, what's keeping Mason Primo from from being that guy? He looks like he has all the parts. Yeah, he was another one that was real impressive this week. And there was a couple of other media people that were uh, in representing the Golden Knights, uh, you know, covering this weekend. And they were they were impressed by by him, too. And I think a lot of people that maybe were watching from afar that were commenting uh, were real impressed by by Mason. Yeah, you know, it's the Golden Knights. They're just so talented up in the in the, the big club. It's just um, there's not a lot of opportunity there. But, yeah, you, you're right. The center position is something that they, they've tried to – kind of tinker with and and um we'll we'll see how he did i'm looking at his numbers from uh you know henderson last year he only played in in 10 games and you know he had three three points so um you know they had they've drafted him in 2019 so uh, i think this is a, probably the year now where you're really gonna see what he can do and, and he really was impressive again uh this weekend and we'll see how he how impactful he is for for Henderson this this year, we, we um, found out one thing today, Stephen. He's got a good, tough left jaw. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he he fought in the uh, the game today, uh, this morning. So that was uh, that was. Uh, I don't know if it's good to see that. I was kind of looking at. Uh, I was looking at Kelly and George, uh, Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee, who were up in the, the top of the stands watching, and I was looking to see if they were liking that or not. But it seemed to kind of get the team going. You know, going into this weekend, and I think all the teams were kind of on the same boat. They didn't have a lot of time together to really practice. They had what a couple of days before their first game, and and I think the uh, the Golden Knights, you know, had a couple of games where they got roughed up a little bit in the score sheet, at least uh, losing to Arizona on Friday and then losing on Sunday to San Jose, and uh, but then they came back and beat the Kings today. But of course, part of that maybe the Kings the night before had a real a real battle with Arizona, and they had to play later in the day, and you know. What are we talking? I mean, you know, fatigue. These are young guys, so I don't know how much that really matters in this case. But, but you know, I think it's it's interesting. And then to see that the this is their last chance for the weekend. To see, while all these scouts are there, as you mentioned, general managers, all these NHL people there watching, um, it was like they knew that this was their last chance to to go into the weekend. And even Manny Vivero said he, you know, he expected that this would be their best performance, and and expected it from them. And and they certainly had that today, winning winning today, uh, three to two. Um, and of course, the fight might have sparked sparked on a little bit, and the king player maybe added a little extra jab there that was maybe a little unnecessary, but <laughs> but it seemed to motivate the Golden Knights and uh, and realize, hey, let's let's go and win one here. Let's let's not just go over three in the week. And yeah, wins and losses don't matter, but don't tell these guys that, and don't don't tell uh, don't tell the management of the Golden Knights that wins and losses don't matter. I asked Seth the same question. Uh, what is your overall takeaway from the tournament this weekend? Well, I think one of the big takeaways is that something like this is very uh, beneficial and and very useful. Other teams do it in in their in respect in the parts of the country and in the, in the league. And of course, last year we didn't have one of these, of course, right with the pandemic. And I think having something like this, and this was, you know, we've had them, you know, Anaheim had it in 2019, Vegas hosted it in 2018, and and you have all these teams. Uh, I think it's very beneficial for two reasons. I think it's it's beneficial for the players because they they get to play against other 
teams and other and other prospects. You don't just go to a camp and you're doing scrimmages against each other and maybe you have a couple of inner things. Um, these are, you know, treat them as real games, you know, three-period games and full, full games with, with the fishing and everything. Plus, as I said, you got all those scouts and all those um, those pro te- um, teams, the NHL clubs. They're they're all there. Not just the team that you've been you're, that you're part of the organization, but the other teams, as we mentioned, that are there. And so you get a lot of looks, and it's a lot of it. Really, it really pumps up the the the, the players, and and they kind of get a taste of what it feels like to wear an NHL jersey because these teams are not wearing. You know, they're wearing the NHL. Their NHL team's uh, sweater, you know, whether it be the Golden Knights or LA or Anaheim, you know, you're out there and and it, and it has your name on it and everything. It's not just a, a a practice jersey. It's it's a real jersey. It's got the NHL em- emblem on it with with the team that you're representing. And and, and I think that all, all that has is great. Plus, you get great great coaching and and from from great leaders. A lot of them are American Hockey League coaches, but they're well versed in the organization's culture. And I think all that is just. Real beneficial. So I just think having one of these, we didn't have it last year. And like I said, a lot of these guys that have been, are in these new in these organizations haven't had a chance to have one of these. And so it's it gives them a chance to whether some of them go back, some of them will go back to their junior teams, and so they'll they can continue to to, to learn and take what they learned from this weekend back to that. Or a lot of these are going to end up on the American Hockey League teams that have been on the teams before, or maybe we'll be joining these American Hockey League teams. So when those seasons start. Some of these players will already be familiar with these other players if they hadn't already, and and that should help too. So, so I guess a long, short way to answer that is it just having these this this tournament in a sense, and being able to play against these different teams and having all these all these things uh, this weekend, I think is is certainly the biggest uh, takeaway from that. Okay, buckle up, all of you guys, because uh, I didn't tell you how we're going to do this, but here's how we're going to do it. Um, we've got six teams. I've got uh, Colorado and San Jose. Rob's going to take uh, L.A. and Anaheim. Steven, you've got uh, Vegas. And Seth, you've got the Arizona Coyotes. So uh, in the last 15 minutes of the show, uh, we're going to go around the horn and, and sell our teams on this season and why we think they are going to be successful. So uh, I'll give you guys a chance to think for a minute. I'll start, and then we'll go Rob, and then we'll go Seth and Steven, and then we'll go back to me and back to Rob. Um, so I'll take Colorado first. Uh Colorado, when I look at that uh, rookie team and I look at their big club, um, there's just so much talent on that Colorado Avalanche big squad. I just don't see a lot of openings uh, for the young guys. Now, that being said, that means that these guys are going to have to continue to develop, but they're going to develop under an incredibly um, professional and strong organization, which means when they do get their opportunities, I think they'll be ready. So um, while maybe they didn't have their greatest rookie tournament, they had some guys that had a chance to uh, spotlight their talents, and whether it's back in their junior team or back in their college team or you know up in Loveland, I think the Colorado Avalanche have got solidified, uh, solidified the, uh, the roster from top to bottom, NHL to AHL. All right, Rob, take your uh, L.A. Kings for us. Uh, well, both – Actually, both Southern California teams have have a similar strategy, and that's youth. Uh, I'm excited to be able to see Quentin Byfield, whether it's at the big club or uh, at the HL level. I'm, I'm excited to see some of that studs, Turcotte, Byfield. Uh, Tyler Madden had a good tournament this weekend from uh, what I gather. Uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing some of these young kids push some of the veterans that the Kings have on the team. 
and really make this youth movement something special because they got a lot of front end talent. All right, Seth, your shot with the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, what are they going to bring to the ice this year and sell us on them? Yeah, I think it's a team that kind of understands where they're at in this process, right? You know, when you're in a win now mode, you don't trade away, you know, the league's best goaltender and, you know, a top line center for draft picks. But, um, you know, those guys know those guys that are in the locker room, you know, aren't in a O or in a, a rebuild mode. So I think those guys are going to play hard. And again, it's a team that has a lot of guys that need to prove something, right? Louis Erickson's tenure in Vancouver didn't go as well as he hoped. I think Shane Gossespair is going to find a, a career renaissance here in Arizona. Um, and I mean, you could even look at a guy like Jay Beagle, who, you know, could really provide valuable experience to a, a cup contender that, you know, could use a bottom six forward. So um, I think it's a team that has a lot to prove. Um, and again, it's a team that's going to play with no expectations. It's a team that, you know, guys like Nick Schmaltz, Clayton Keller, and Jacob Chicken to an extent, you know, when they first hit the ice for the Coyotes, it was, hey, you know, we've built this roster to win hockey games right now and, and make the playoffs and compete. And that can be hard for some younger players. So this year, you know, I think for the Coyotes, you know, it, there's not going to be a ton of expectations on Keller and, and Schmaltz. And it's just kind of, you know, obviously they're going to play within the system of the new coaching staff. It's not just going to be some, you know, pickup hockey type deal, but I, I think it's just going to be a little more loose, a little more lax. And, you know, however the games go, they go. And um, again, this is a team that I think is going to be really fun to watch because there's literally no expectations and, you know, all the cool things and all the fun things that I think some of the younger guys, you know, are going to accomplish, you know, I think we'll see Dylan Gunther at some point. Um, but I think with what everybody has, um, done in this organization in the off season, it's going to be a fun team with a, a ton of youth. And some of those guys that we saw this weekend, I think are going to get a chance to wear the, the brand new full-time Kachinas this season. Uh, I knew you were going to get that in there. Nice job. White and black Kachina jerseys. And I understand just eight dates in that uh, coyote head maroon. Okay, Stephen, take it away with the Golden Knights. Uh, what are we going to see from them and uh, sell us on their program and their roster? Well, this is going to be really a – we know how good the Golden Knights have been and obviously in their short history. I think what's really going to be interesting is, of course, they don't have Flurry anymore. That we, we know how that you – know, we know that that's a subtraction, right? With Ryan Rees is gone. Um, a couple other players have, have gone, but they've, they've re-signed Martinez. They've signed uh, Nolan Patrick. Finally, they've they got Dylan Coghlan locked up and Martinez locked up, and that was a priority for them in the offseason. Um, so I, I think the Golden Knights are – the expectations, as, as it has been, are going to be very high. And I think they're going to be a tough team again, as they are uh, every year. And that's, the expectations is that they're going to be the favorites to win the division. And But it's going to be um, – I think the team will wake up a little bit and realize – that their goal is to win the Stanley cup and not just get into the playoffs or get into the second, the last round. And, and I think seeing this weekend with these rookies and seeing what's down in the, in the pipeline, you know, I think these, these NHL players um, realize that, you know, there's, there's capable guys that are, are developing and progressing that maybe will battle for, for these NHL spots and, and work their way into the lineup. If a player doesn't do so well, that maybe is, you know, that's kind of on the cusp or, or is 
you know, one of those bottom bottom players. But uh, the roster's good again. I mean, the score, a lot of the scoring is is back. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a good season. Um, Leonard's going to have to step up and be the guy now, and and Borsois will be will be there in the mix as well in the goaltending position. But it's it's going to be it's going to be real intriguing this year because of the obviously with what happened in the off season with losing Flurry and and Reeves going away and you know some of the other original Golden Knights going away in free agency or trades and and those that they've locked up that that they felt were a priority and and uh, what they're what they're what they needed to do to to solidify that in the in the scoring and in the, certainly on the defensive side so uh, we'll see what happens but uh, Golden Knights certainly are going to be the favorites uh, this year in the division and in the Western Conference overall. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, Rob, uh, go back to your Anaheim Ducks. Uh, a lot like Los Angeles, what youth is going to be served th- this season? Will Trevor Zegers be able to take that next step and stick with the big club all season long? Same thing with Jamie Drysdale. Who, what kids are going to stick with the big club and make a name for themselves? Yeah, I totally agree. So that leaves me with San Jose, and uh, no disrespect to the San Jose organization or my good friend Shang Peng, but um, if there's a team out of the six that that I use the word disappointment in, it's uh, it's San Jose. I just uh, I look at some of the guys they drafted and and they've been pretty solid. And Eklund is a really good uh, draft pick for them. Whether he makes a big club or not, we'll we'll find out. Um, I was surprised not to see either one of the Pashnik brothers on this rookie roster. I guess that means they've graduated. They're not rookies anymore, uh, but Steen nor Brinson were, uh, were on the ice that I saw anyway. Um, and then I look at the, the, the uh, San Jose Sharks overall, and I go, uh, the rookies need to interject some energy, I think. Uh, you look at Eric Carlson. You look at uh, um, some of the guys, Logan Couture. You just go down the list, and that they're talented, but I think they, they lick co- – they lack cohesiveness and energy, and maybe uh, some young guys will bring that to the roster and to the locker room, and uh, San Jose will surprise uh, some people. But uh, if there's one thing they need to do is, is just find that cohesiveness, and if they do, they could uh, they could throw some wrenches into things. Okay, um, one final thing to wrap things up. Uh, we haven't really talked about the coaching staffs. Arizona's got a new coaching staff, so I want to start with uh, – Seth there, and, and just give us a quick rundown, if you could, Seth, about uh, uh, the coaching staff at Arizona and uh, how you think that's going to gel and, and make them better. Yeah, I think it's interesting, right? They went the you know, junior hockey route um, with uh, Andre Torgny, and um, I think you kind of see what they're going for, right? A guy that relates to their younger players a little bit more, Um but it'll be interesting, right? Because I think sometimes when you pull up, you know, the the junior coaches and and sometimes they just don't adapt. And, and again, hockey's a little bit different. But I think if you look across the other sports, right, like the National Football League, when they bring a college coach up, it just doesn't always work, right? I mean, we're seeing Urban Meyer right now, you know, struggle really bad with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, obviously it's a little bit different, but you could even look at college and, and the NHL, right? Like the the Rangers last head coaching hire just didn't work out. And um, I think it will be interesting. Um, but again, they got a guy that is going to be able to relate a lot more with the younger guys. Um, you know, he, he coached Andre coached uh, in the QMJHL for a long time. 
Um, and then he coached uh, the Ottawa 67s um, in, over the last two seasons, at least. Um, and they were in first place um, in his final two seasons for the Ottawa 67s. Obviously, 2019-2020, the playoffs were canceled um, due to the um, pandemic. But um, I think it'll be interesting. They got a head coach that relates to some of their younger players a little bit more so. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of connects with, you know, like Phil Kessel, um, you know, some of those veteran guys, Anton Stroman. So I'm interested to see how he kind of combines the, the youth movement along with the veterans that are still left over. All right. Camp start in two days, uh, less than two days. So it's prediction time. Let's go around the horn and uh, give us an AHL Pacific Division champion and a NHL Pacific Division championship. Um, I'm going to start. I like, uh, I like Vegas to win the NHL and, uh, boy, it's going to be hard, uh, for the Bakersfield Condors to go anywhere, but up, um, from where they were. Cause they just uh, were so solid last year. So I got, uh, Vegas to win the NHL and Bakersfield to win the AHL. The one, one thing's about that, Scott, about Bakersfield that should be interesting is this season with with not as much restrictions is will Edmonton be able to bring more players up from Bakersfield? I think that's why Bakersfield had such an advantage. They're a good team and veteran team, but Edmonton couldn't really call anybody from Bakersfield yeah, up. Point. So we'll see as the season goes along. And now you're gonna have Abbotsford come in too, but you're gonna have Bakersfield. Maybe will lose some more players in the season that they didn't have to. They didn't have the you know as as a lot of teams other teams had more shuffling around with taxi squads and stuff, but Bakersfield yeah. didn't have that. So that's the one thing I'd say about Bakersfield, but yeah, Bakersfield certainly is going to be probably a, a, a top, one of the top okay, teams so, in the division again. So since you're here, um, okay. tell us your two picks, NHL and AHL, who wins them? Uh, well, the H, the AHL one, that's, you know, I, I want to just say it's going to be Henderson because Henderson really lost a lot of their top guys, you know, that they had actually, uh, Danny O'Regan was a big was a big one that I think uh, was was lost and and it looks like half the roster from last year's team um, went away but they were going to have some guys come in um, you know I San Diego is always a team that's right there in the mix so I'd say San Diego probably is going to have a good chance but just depends though again if the Ducks are going to bring up a lot of their AHL guys in the season and and shuffle around so I'd say I'd say. Uh, I don't want to be a homer here, but uh, <laughs> I'll go Henderson, I guess. Okay, and NHL? Well, this one I this one I have no problem being a homer <laughs> for because I, I think this one is – I think it's – Vegas, I think, is just a step above everybody else in the division right now, and it would be a surprise. I mean, of course, don't count Seattle out, but I, I just – a lot of people are saying, well, can Seattle have the same success as Vegas did in their in their inaugural season? Nova but camp. I, I, Nova just camp. Don't, I just don't happen. think – <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with you, Scott. I just don't think that's going to happen. So uh, it's Vegas' division to lose, I think, at this point. All right, Seth, who do you got, NHL and AHL? Well, Scott, you're asking me at the NHL level to pick a division the Coyotes are no longer in. Um, <laughs> but I, I think um, I will get, I'll give an answer for the Pacific. I, I think it is Vegas. It, it's like Steven said. Ah, oh, there you go. There you go. See. <laughs> it, it's, it's hard. I mean, it is. It's honestly hard to see who's that much better. The division is just interesting, I think, right? And you go back to the regular Pacific. I mean, you know, you you, you sprinkle the Canadian teams back in there, right? Last year it was, you know, the West. So the Coyotes and, and the Knights and, and the Avs and all those teams played each other a little bit more. So maybe the, the unfamiliarity maybe 
if that makes sense, you know, they didn't play the Oilers or the Flames or the Canucks over the last season. So it's obviously going to be a, a little bit of an adjusting point. But uh, yeah, I just, I mean, you know, you want to say Edmonton in terms of that they'll compete just because of the two pieces they have at front. But that's definitely going to be the, the classical case of two players can't win you a, a championship or, or win you games. Um, but if you, it, the Coyotes division, um, that's a tough, I mean, I think you, I want to say Colorado, it, it probably is going to be Colorado in the regular season. Um, but it, it's just such a good division. That's where the Coyotes kind of got handcuffed on this move here. And, you know, they're playing so many good teams, St. Louis, Minnesota, um, Chicago made moves to at least be better than they were over the last couple of seasons. So Coyotes are going to be in for about a rough, Winnipeg. Run, rough one, I think. But uh, yeah, Winnipeg too, right? Uh, it, exactly. It's it's those things like you you start talking about the teams in the central, and then you're like, oh, don't forget Winnipeg. Oh, don't forget Nashville. You know, has, has a solid, you know, Ford group. And that's and, a tough division. So, it might be the toughest division in hockey. Yeah. It has to be. And and again, that's why I think the Coyotes are going to be so exciting because they're going to be playing so many top level teams that their younger guys and and guys getting used to the system are going to have to play at a high level right away. So it it might not always result in the win, but. I think it's going to be um, an exciting team. Now in the in the Pacific Division of the AHL, um, which the Roadrunners are still in, um, I would have to be a homer here. I, I just, I don't know. After watching this tournament, there's a lot of those guys yeah. that were there that are going to play in, you know, the AHL. Uh, you know, you got to think Liam Kirk, Ben McCartney. Um, Jan Yannick is probably going to play some. I really like the way Blake Spears plays. I know he wasn't there. Um you know, he wasn't there at the camp, but Blake Spears has been good. Um, and Mama comes over from the Ontario Reign. He was really good there on defense. You know, Cam Crotty. Um, you got to think Victor Soderstrom is going to play a little bit um, in the AHL. Um, Ty Emerson as well. Um, so I, I just think that that team is – and honestly, with Tucson, it's just going to depend on Ivan Prozvetov, right? They're – Kind of their big goalie right now. Big goalie, um, yeah, and the and the guy right, to, uh, yeah, well, to stabilize him. Right. So I think it depends on how he's developed. Um, if he's developed, which I think he will, if he takes that next step forward, I think they could be really good. Tucson could. So I'm going to stay homer and say Tucson wins the Pacific Division in the AHL. Okay, Rob, you get to shut us down tonight with uh, with your picks from the uh, the NHL and AHL in the Pacific Division. Well. Depending on, I'm going to say Colorado Eagles because I think that teams like the San Diego Gulls and uh, Stephen, I think, mentioned it with Bakersfield. I think they're going to have too many guys pulled up over the course of the season uh, to really make that run. I don't think the Eagles will be as affected by it. So I'm going to go with the Colorado Eagles first. And then as far as the NHL Pacific Division, you have to go Vegas right now. I just think they're the most veteran team. Uh, I, I would like to. Uh, also bringing, I think Chicago will win their division because Flurry's going to just stick it to everybody in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> he had to go there. He just had to go there. Right as we shut the show down, he had to go there. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for your hard work this weekend uh, in helping us uh, put on the uh, Arizona Rookie Showcase, our face-off tournament. I got it. Arizona Rookie Face-Off Tournament. Uh, a really good time. Look forward to a fantastic season in both the AHL and the NHL. Can't do it without you guys. We appreciate you coming on and sharing your time with us tonight. And uh, Rob and I will be back in about a minute to uh, shut down another episode of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. We'll be right back, guys.
this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sports books at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel Resort Casino, right in downtown Las Vegas off Fremont Street. Scott Strandy from uh, Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. Rob Rothbard from beautiful Southern California. I think Stephen Marsh is still with us. Um, everybody's wondering, folks, do we have a Summer Skates Sizzling September trivia question? Okay, I've got one. Anybody else got one? Rob, you got one you want to throw out there? Uh, no, I'm waiting for the, uh, official one. <laughs> okay. Steven, you got one you want to throw out there? You think of one? No, I, that's my thing for Wednesday. I'll think of one by the time we do our Wednesday show. It's all, it's you and Rob's, uh, deal tonight. Okay, here we go. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, Arizona Coyotes have a new head coach. Uh, the trick on this one, folks, is if you can tell us, and we told you who the new head coach is, uh, if you can tell us his name and spell it correctly, this has been done before. Uh, if you can uh, spell it correctly for us, send it to the chat bar. I know there's no much time left, so if you don't get it right now, uh, you can send it to uh, at NHL underscore ITHSW. Spell the new head coach of the Arizona Coyotes correctly, and uh, we've got a pair of summer skates and a summer skates koozie to give to you. Um Rob, anything else you need to end uh, the show with? No, it's an uh, enlightening show. I mean, I wish I was in uh, Arizona with you guys this weekend to experience this live. Uh, but I am looking forward to hopefully going to, like I said, to Toyota uh, Arena. Is that what they call it out in Ontario? Uh, to see the Kings versus the No, Kings. it's next to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's, there's two. There's Toyota Center. Oh, okay. <laughs> with, Toyota Sports Center, which is where the Kings practice and the rain practice. But the arena I, that they play in, I think it's called Toyota Arena. Toyota yeah. Arena, yeah. When I was in California a few weeks ago, I went with Ben Ontario and took a picture of it and as we were getting ready for the season. And I believe it is Toyota Arena, the Ontario Reigns Arena. So, and they have their Kings versus Kings, I believe, on September 26th, which is next Saturday. Next Sunday night. Sunday, next Sunday. Next Sunday. Yep. So, next uh, Sunday I'm, night. I'm uh, hoping to be there uh, for that. 
Okay, well, we'll say goodnight. A big thank you to Stephen uh, Marsh and to uh, Seth Askelson for jumping in after long weekends here at the uh, uh, Arizona Rookie Faceoff Tournament. Look at that. Guys, <laughs> you, you got to give me a gold star or something for that. I just keep getting this right. Okay, you're out. Take it away. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers in a minute. You got it. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Summer Skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, whether it's the Long Bar or the Andy Amo Steakhouse, we are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at thed.com. Boost Mobile, where all plans include a mobile hotspot in America's largest 5G network for less. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide for all your hockey needs. On the ice or in line, see the website for our Three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices, it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than actually eat it. Buy M-Drive, supplements to fuel your drive. Refuel your drive with M-Drive. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Hey Alexa, turn on my ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Resort and Casino is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. All right, very good, my friend. We will say goodnight, little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, and uh, we will tune in again tomorrow night for College Hockey Southwest Weekly and join Stephen and myself on Wednesday for Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Things are getting close, guys. I told you the uh, the 15th of September is when things officially kick off. Uh, a week later, which is two days from now, uh, the start of the NHL camps and uh, ACHA hockey's already started. NCAA hockey is a couple weeks away, and uh, let's rock and roll. Good night, everybody. Good night.